www.bostonfreeradio.com. We're back, uh, and we are joined by Jorge Campos. Jorge Campos, and what brings you to the Thanksgiving pachanga? <laughs> uh, well, that's easy. Um, there are way too many amazing people having dinner downstairs. Um, I don't know why I ran up here to <laughs> escape the conversation to join, but um, absolutely, the people bring me out. Awesome. So, um, this episode, we're delving into just Harvard Latino students in Malden celebrating Pachanga, and I'm delving into a little bit of their lives. So, what I want to know is, what is your story? Like, what is, how did you come to Harvard, and what are you studying, and what are you trying to get out of it? <laughs> I appreciate that. So, yeah, I have, I'm coming up from modest backgrounds, immigrant parents, um, a story that's been told a thousand times, you know, str- struggled with finding, you know, what's what we're going to have for dinner tomorrow. You know, those are the priorities that were our reality then. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was about 11, 12, I started working with my parents to really try to figure out a way out, right? I started doing my part. And for me, that didn't mean getting a job. That meant you know, coming out of middle school, I signed up for like the local community college and started taking classes on finance or personal development, all sorts of things that I could try to uh, make sure uh, made it back to my family, you know? So, so one thing led to another and I started uh, taking care of my parents' budgeting and finance, you know, it got to the point where I just started reading books about um, finance structures or, you know, what a FICO score was things my parents and nice. at the time we weren't, concerning ourselves with but realized really quickly was really important Mm -hmm. so you know i went about that and uh before i knew it i started taking control of most of my parents everything um that meant that like if the lights went out uh it was because i forgot to pay the bill yeah yeah, that so all of my parents budgeting was running through me i was calling debt collectors to try to negotiate better prices or negotiate down all these debts I was. Did you ever write goodwill letters to these debt collectors and stuff like that? Goodwill letters? Yeah, I think uh, I just only recently heard about. It. It's like where you just basically say, uh, "Hey, like it's like this formal letter that you send to them in hopes that they can like reopen a previously closed option, whether it be like a financial arrangement or um, a, you know, basically getting them to stop a shut off or something like that." Oh, yeah, um, I just read about it recently, <laughs> but but but, but I, I can imagine because when I was a little kid. My mom made me read and help her write to rebut like what she thought was like the local city just like not uh, or uh, the local city overcharging her for water and stuff like that. So I, I resonate like having to help her read and write a response back to the city. But the fact that you were like basically the the budget of the, the budget men of the household is, is amazing. How do you how did you handle that? Like personally, like uh, psychologically, like 
taking all that on, is there any lingering anything from that? Or did, did it just, was it easy enough where you're just like, this is my family, this is something that needs to be done, and quite frankly, it's not something that I find to be a burden? Yeah, absolutely. You're getting in on something there that this is something that definitely felt like it needed to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was that, that realization that education was pretty important um, really changed my life. Um, so it started with budgeting, right? And it started with doing some fishy business to try to make us look better for, to the, um, financial institutions, right? Um, I called my banks that, well, my parents' banks where they had like their credit cards that were full. And I would ask when they made their statements and when they submitted all that information to the credit bureaus. So that told me, that the day before our statements closed, the accounts had all of our money. The doesn't matter. We had a couple of credit cards, and that to, to me, as much money and cash we had on hand the day before the statements were, we would put on to the one account whose whose statement was made the next day, and then the day after we would pull it all back again because we were obviously very needing it. So that became one of our like standard strategies because to the banks and to the credit um, agencies and to anyone that was looking at our finances, we had a lot more money than we actually did, which became vital because as soon as that started happening, um, all sorts of things started looking better, right? You, We started getting offers for loans at like lower um rates you know i we started I started working with my dad to try to get some certifications he's an auto tech for most of his life so i knew he had these skills basically dozens and dozens of tiny little nuance changes uh, that we started making started making a huge difference right five six seven years ago my family was making maybe 15 18 grand a year for family five damn yeah um but in the last six, seven years, my dad has had maybe four or five new jobs, um, each one paying better with slightly less work. Um, we, uh, and that's just come from being a little bit more financially stable. We, we bought a car in 2014. In 2016, we bought a house. Um, nice. my, my, uh, just putting all this work made my dad and like my, our family's credit score moved from the 500s that it was in up Damn. to the 700s, which is a pretty big That's, deal for, for, for those who are not like, uh, you know, financially savvy or, or, or literate or don't, or, or just frightened by the whole thing. So, so, so around 500 is considered like that's subprime. That's a subprime. Oh, that's a subprime lending at that point. And bringing it up to, I think 720 is what is considered like good and yeah. then 800 is like god damn we will give you all the things but yeah that's impressive that you're able to take yourself out of like subprime um lending to then be able to to be beyond fair like good like preferable advisable to to it was it was scary it was scary yeah. because like all these tiny little differences just paved the way for good fortune yeah. you know we started getting you know, uh, we applied to a credit card to make to do balance transfers and try to take care of like the big interest rate cards yeah. that we had. Um, all my, then the conversation started about setting up a four hundred one k and retirement accounts. You know, and that's crucial. It's crucial. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, seven like when, at the start of all of this, the the priorities were what what are we going to have for dinner tomorrow? 
And, you know, the conversations that I have with my dad now are like, hey, you know, let's shift some of this amount from this account to that. Or let's, you know, change some random decimal on some random account that meant nothing to us just a few years ago. So it was that that social mobility that really really hits it on the nose, right? Because when 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 I think about why I'm here, why, why why I came out to Harvard, why I you know decided to pursue economics and psychology is because I I you know realized really quickly that I needed that education, mm-hmm. and I like to talk. Yeah. And I enjoy talking too. It's one of the beautiful things of having a podcast is talking is proliferated. But what I really like is the idea that like what began as a conversation about food food insecurity allowed for a deliberate, strategic, financial mobility. And I find that to be fascinating. Uh, let's talk about like a 401k or an IRA. Does, did you start off with your family getting a 401k or an IRA? Because I think 401k is, you know, you have... Uh, to the employer. To the employer, yeah. yeah. So uh, did it... Because I know I personally have a, a Roth IRA. Right, so, right, right. So I, I, you know, being an artist, uh, I can at any point be mobile and, you know, start off my own shit. So I like being the master of my retirement. And also I like the idea that it will be tax-free when it actually gets dispersed to yeah, me. yeah. Uh, so so how did so what what made you so what did you decide as a financial instrument to build up? Well, for your that was actually really easy. Um, yeah. When it comes to an IRA, you know they have that five five thousand five hundred dollar cap. You mm-hmm. have to put in your money yeah. yourself. Exactly. We don't have any money to put in. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, no, any, no, any, no, any no. sort of retirement account that we had to set up had to be through the employer and had to be yeah. taking you know like, making sure that the money we didn't see leave. Yeah. Right. We we set up five yeah. percent just disappears from the check mm-hmm. uh, before it even gets to us. Yeah, that's what and, I do. Yeah, yeah, it has to be out of my reach in order to be oh, saved. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, especially when you have debt collectors hunting you down, and any mm-hmm. any sort of uh, extra little cash or savings you got yeah. has to go somewhere. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. That decision was was made for us. Uh-huh. Um, Doesn't match at all. Matched, yeah, like the the employer matching the contribution. Not the first few employers, okay. right? Because yeah. we set up the. I mentioned my dad was I kept getting uh, new jobs, mm-hmm. and that's more because he started getting these certifications, started feeling better, started you know actually going out of his way to ask for these like promotions and such. Um, so the, the like the, you know the first few jobs he had, he was making like five hundred dollars a week, mm-hmm. um, which was pretty rough, um, yeah. and absolutely no like serious savings was going on there yeah. um towards the latter half of like this whole five six year campaign we start you started getting um jobs that did match uh on the, at that, that 401k which was pretty important you know um it, it was nice because none, none of this was happening instantly right you can't just go ahead and um, flip a switch and not automatically be financially stable it's just not how it works yeah. but um this process after a few years of you know sort of uh, counting pennies and saving and making all of these maneuvers to try to come out on top really doesn't you can start seeing it everywhere mm-hmm. you know um all these years later I mean, you know before i even get to harvard like 
my life is is, is crazy. It's ridiculous, right? Yeah. I can I can go out to eat mm-hmm. and you know not worry about how much my burger is going to cost me. Um, when at the worst of it, you know, I was I was sharing a burger with three people in my family. <laughs> And and that's like real because I think that, I mean, I can't speak for myself. But I know that like financial literacy wasn't easy for like everyone in, you know. Oh, they don't I teach knew. it. Yeah, not, not that, like, exactly. Like, you know, shout out to my cousin, David D. He's like, he's a finance uh, student. And he was like, we have these fascinating conver- conversations now where we're just thinking like, man, imagine if we were rolling like this when we were like 12. Imagine if we were just like like really just having our mind on our money and our money on our mind to the point where we were just saving nonstop. Like I'm glad that at 29, I know that I have like a 30 year plan about my retirement. <laughs> I have, uh, you know, p- you know, they're they're pittance, but you know, I have some investment income, and I love knowing that I have like renter's insurance. That should anything happen to my apartment, I have the ability to be, you know, um, you know, relieved by any sort of like uh, upfront. Uh, moving costs or stuff like that. I love knowing that, like, <laughs> at, you know, just like you said, like money gets automatically taken to my account or it's savings, IRA, for, for, you know, uh, my retirement for, for, for that purpose. Because, it, it, you know, the moment it gets into my hand, that scarcity comes into mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to apply it to some sort of immediate need that otherwise, as you stated, you know, I have a whole host of toolkits that allow me to really address things and, and, and expenses that really make up my day to day. And my dream is to be so disciplined that i have like so many toolkits to choose from like oh, yeah. i was telling some of my girlfriends like i want to be able to like have like a checking account that just lies there and pays the bills i want to have a savings that's like appreciating i want all that but i also want like a petty cash drawer mm-hmm. oh, sorry petty cash box yeah, yeah, yeah i want yeah. a petty cash box for like my life i want to treat myself like this versatile organ um, organization that can really address any sort of expense that comes my way and I think that's the dream. Like, and I think that you were like, as as a young man, you were able to really bring that sort of back end financial advice, and you, you just put yourself out there, which is impressive. And oh I, well, I was kind of forced to do it. Right? But but but, <laughs> but even then, we're compelled to do a great many number of things. But mm-hmm. you were able to match it with some savvy, and I and I give you a massive shout out for that. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I think uh, for the most part that. Uh, saying toolkit, you know, that, that yeah. that's really important because yeah. these are tools that all of us have at our disposal and a lot of people cannot navigate or we just, we're not, we, we're not taught it in like the normal school system yeah. or immigrant parents can't, right? Yeah. Who's, how are they going to know how the American financial institution works? Yeah. And for the most part, these are, these are the, the realities that a lot of us face, right? Yeah. You know, I, I, I know way too many people that, you know, don't know what a four hundred one k is, or and or living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, and 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 that's 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 it's reality, reality for, for a that's lot of reality people. for a lot of people. What what do you think of? Not to get too political, but you know, uh, Alessandria Ocasio Cortez. People were shaming her for seven thousand dollars in her bank account as a as, you know old that that that's her savings. Uh, financial advisors saying that you know they're poo-pooing that, saying that at her age. She should uh, have had like about six months worth of expenses, uh, amounting about to about thirty thousand dollars in her checking account. She's more or less than uh, five times less than what she should have, according to these financial advisors. Now, I, at the beginning of the the program, I said that what is you know both could be true. What is advisable isn't always universally achievable. Right. And so, in this instance, like, what do you think when you hear people talk shit? about people like her who are open enough 
to say that you know I the, 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 I have seven thousand in my savings account, and for some people that's super heroic. Mm-hmm. While some people are attacking her because now she's in a position where she's supposed to represent the the full faith and credit of the United States as a congresswoman. Right. It's it's weird how like people are chiming in, but and I would love to hear your thought given your background, the savvy that goes into utilizing these instruments and toolkits and uh is are you even shocked (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not you know that there's the ideal world and then there's the world we live in um i actually i have a pretty good um story um when i came into college i was lucky enough to receive uh, a couple scholarships um one of them was a one thousand dollar check made out to me right um and the the person inside of me that knows how far this can go was pretty ecstatic, right? And then I also knew I should throw this into a savings account, you know, invest it, yada, yada, go out of my way to, you know, go go through the ropes with it. Um, but I came to this really, uh, this th- this idea really quickly that that's just not always the case. Um. I was thinking about it this way. Yeah, I can go ahead and invest my money and like do what I'm supposed to do with it. But a thousand bucks to someone, to a freshman in college who's, you know, lived his entire life broke is going to get him a lot right now, you know, and a lot more than the dividends I would receive from investing it and getting it in a few years. Right. So, yeah, I could have thrown it into an account and seen a few hundred dollars five years from now. Um, But to me, it was more five years from now. I'm okay working an extra few hours to get those extra hundred dollars back. If it means that I can be that much or way, way more content now. Yeah. The immediate gratification that I know exactly what you mean. I remember. Uh, when I was, I was like an upperclassman and uh, at the extension school and I was like leading a pilot for this nonprofit and they treated me as like a, as, as, as a, um, they, they, uh, as a contractor got 1099 pretty good. And for the most part, you know, throwing it out there, you know, sorry company, but it was like roughly around like 6,000, mm-hmm. six to 7,000 now. When you're when you're that young and you're rolling, as you said, like you, you know, scarcity. You know, there is there is never that mindset that like, oh, I should I should invest this and so on and so forth. I invested like some of it. I'm glad I was like intelligent enough to do some of that, uh, put some of it in my savings. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, uh, my cousin was getting married. Her uh, her spouse was having a, uh, a a bachelor party in New York City. So instead, what I did was in a course of 24 hours, I just, you know, had a nice, uh, fun trip to New York City, <laughs> hung out with him, you know, gave myself a hotel room, planned my trips, and then used that for that purpose, but then also returned back to do the job that I was supposed to do. And in the end, I look back, I'm thinking like, not entirely stupid, but still stupid enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, you, you can think about it as you were sort of betting on yourself not to be able to, or you were betting on yourself to be able to make that back in the near future. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 I think that's that's absolutely you know valid. Um, you, you don't have to follow it to the letter and invest all of your money, right? You can. That's 
you can live life. Exactly. Then, then that's absolutely fine. Exactly. Um, if we knew that you only had this one source of income forever and like it was only going to come in this one time yeah maybe there was a stupid decision but you bet on yourself to be able to make a little bit more money in the future you make you better you bet on yourself being okay with you know spending it now and then coming in, in the near future when you have a steady stream of income actually making those right decisions um and then, of course, these are all one-time things, right? Where you came into a, a sum of money and you 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 weighed those benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to steady stream of income, I think the, the, that that dis, the decision comes a little a little, yeah, a, it gets changed. You get distorted a little bit because now you, you, you're working with that reality that um, if you make the same decision every week for five years, you won't have any savings. Yeah. Right. No, you're like, right. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's important when it comes to something recurring like that to be able to say like, yeah, I'm going to set this aside. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's, you know, the slightest amount, because over time it, that that's, that's when you start seeing things. Like, yeah. I can't wait for my investments as well as my IRA to fully appreciate. And that's going to probably, uh, it'll be visible to me like in 15 years and it will be like realized come 30, 35 years, which I'm, as a 29-year-old, I'm completely fine by, and I can't wait. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun being able to talk finances, talking, you know, it's some real shit. Like, I really appreciate the way that you delved into aspects in which uh, s- children can assist their parents in certain aspects. Mm-hmm. I helped my mom in writing uh, in English. Uh, you were able to really bring about, like, a financial shift in your family i like the idea of like calling them and realizing when the statements post in order to realize the best time to maximize the credit like that's amazing like i know that like that's it's, it's genius because <laughs> and, 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 quite frankly that's all you know a lot of people get a little ho-hum and grim about their credit score but for the most part credit scores are only at trying to deliver the best information provided to them. If you can really, oh yeah, if you and can really you know, get ahead, if you can really get oh, ahead of the information the, provided to them, they'll grant it to you. All three of them, you know, oh, yeah. TransUnion, Equifax, and um, blanking on Experian, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, th- they're doing their best, and that's the thing. There's so many ways to go about it. You know, pl- paying your uh, credit card bill in the same one like twice before the next pay period also yields certain good benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, Making sure your uh, 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 debt to income ratio is below thirty yeah, percent crucial. That. That's something you need to. <laughs> some of you guys need to all know. That's you know all you, all you young guns out there listening to me. That's what you got to know. You got to keep that debt to income ratio oh, low. Um, length of your credit history, yeah. uh, the different kinds of credit of credit you have. All of these get factored into this weird equation that mm-hmm. governs your life. Exactly, and, and be sure to keep your credit utilization low. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that! You know, yes. lots and lots of great little tips. Um, as for um, Ms. Cortez, um, I think uh, it speaks a lot to how much she's thrown herself into her career. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I can I can imagine investing or not uh, in yourself in the, in the same way that like you know we made the decision that putting money or in into what in using our money now instead of actually like saving and investing it is going to. Uh, you know, give us some sort of more positive returns. That's the decision we came when we spend our money. Um, for that, I, I imagine a lot of that went into like her life, her campaign, her career, you know, investing in knowing that she is doing something that a lot of people look up to and, you know, going out of your way to, um, I, I would absolutely, you know, throw all of my savings into something that I believe in. Right. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And 
That's the thing. Like you ultimately need to see if there's any sort of uh, return on those investments, uh, regardless of what it is. I know that like, you know, it's no shock to anybody who really knows me. Like I, I, I ran for school committee in, in, in mm-hmm. the city that I live in. And I was just fortunate enough that I had planned that out enough where I like none. I, I was in I was at no point was my campaign in debt, uh, even though I, I, I uh, had failed to uh, make it past the primary. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had other, I see other friends who had ran uh, similar races at similar times who themselves were like, they their campaign had debt. And it was like frustrating for them because that is such a, you know, having to add an additional debt burden to already like tight money. I, I, I just know that if I were to ever run, I couldn't do that. So that's why mm-hmm. I'm glad I got out in front. And as, as, as measly as they were, like my campaign had the money to run itself and and i and i love that like yeah, yeah, yeah. even if i lost i'm like at least i paid my way you know everything was accounted for and everything was good and you know everyone got their you know every expense covered and that's reassuring but in in, in the game of life in the campaign of life i think that that's uh something that we should consider that we should treat our own money as good as other people's money yeah oh yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, in the end of it all. But you know, <laughs> you did say that you, you, one of your skill sets is talking. I agree. You're very, you know, skilled, skilled, I, I, skilled order. Uh, and I and I and I like the the way you approach this thing. I love the stories. I agree. I think that's a fascinating story. And I can't help like every. I feel like it's the one thing like a bunch of like my Latino listeners want. It's like I wish I could talk finances with my parents because for <laughs> them it's scary. For them, it brings in the fragility of of of, of being it, it, the, the you know having to be that acquainted with the means of one's family for for some of us we have no choice mm-hmm. <laughs> for some of us when the when, when the utilities go out it, it's a conversation that needs to be had for some of us when there's a loss of, of of income from one of our parents it's a conversation needs to be had but for a lot of people they never get to have that conversation and i think it's a it's a, it's a shame it's a pity because i think there's a there's a lot to be learned there absolutely absolutely and and for the most part you know this story or you know whatever you want to call it about my life isn't unique you know i didn't um you know luck into an incredible situation like that is unique to myself i think everyone has that um ability and opportunity to i want to say find the their toolbox or be able to get familiar with their toolbox right um and and you know that's that it's it's crazy um you know i i came out to 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 harvard and my life just flipped <laughs> like the, the the priorities i started thinking about um and now it's just like wow i had to i had to take a step back you know and check this 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 privilege that i've walked into because it's scary um it's like way too much money to be it's like money that's circulated so much that it surpasses the very people that make them that that, that basically get to use that money it's scary there, there there's money there that's older than our entire lineage of families it's creepy right <laughs> um and and even the, the the social capital of it all yeah right that 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 freaked me out mm. um oh gosh there's there's too many stories about coming into a situation where the guy you're having dinner with can offer you a job yeah and it's 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 crazy that that is the case right where like um i can bust my ass for years you know working uh as much as I, you know, like my family, I, I, I flash to all of these hardworking people in my life and I can freaking sit in a room and, you know, across from a person that can just offer me a job. 
Yeah, and it's all because of the capital that's in you know that follows the portable capital that follows yeah. these people. Yeah, and I, I I I stuck to it a lot. Like I got really into it. Um, yeah, my my freshman year, I got pretty pretty good at this. You know, go, I, going to conferences and going to these dinners and putting myself in this situation to meet really cool people. Um, and then I just gave it up because that's not <laughs> I, I that that's not who I am. You know, I it I I mentioned that. Six, seven years ago, my life was messed up. And, you know, we're just recycling scrap metal with my dad to make ends meet. And now I, I, I have the opportunity to sit across some incredible people. And that hurts. It does. It hurts a lot because I know that I, ha- I have this opportunity, but there are so many more people in my family and my community all over the country that are still piece of burden. Yeah, I hate that term. Since, you know, it's psychologically or even just anthropologically, I agree. Like, I I feel that way too. Like, and it's not, and I don't, you know, we all suffer from some form of imposter's dilemma that Mm. basically says that I'm not, I'm not even deserving of this. Yeah. And there's that weird sort of, I don't know if it's guilt or misguidedness, but there's ultimately something that kind of tries to sabotage uh, us seeing it through. And I hate it. Yeah. And I hate it so much. Oh, to me, it was more just, yeah, I, I definitely had to, like, check that privilege. You know, keep keep making sure I don't lose who I am, where I'm coming from. And is that why you decide to um, uh, to to ease the networking <laughs> language? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you felt more of a, of, of a closeness, kinship? Oh Did you actually feel heard when you're actually being more personable? Oh, my goodness. There is... Oh, that's the the whole suit story, right? Last year, I was I was the asshole that was walking around with button up shirts, you know, wear a tie every other day, sweater vest, that guy. And and, and for those who listen, you know, there is that sort of cult, uh, you know, it, it's this sort of retro culture at the university, but it's encouraged. And 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 I mean, I myself am not that type of person, but even I was compelled to be that person at the university. I also wore like, you know, like I would wear like a a jacket vest tie every other day also yeah and i'm I'm actually really really excited to say that that's no longer like a lot of the case anymore you know people are going out of their way to be themselves and but so yeah to, to me i was like no no i need to leave this behind you know i need to stop thinking about everything professionally i need to stop thinking about everything in that same lens of how can i just keep moving forward and moving on and start making fucking friends <laughs> no it's crucial because you know i was you know i think that's the one thing that in college i real friends like i had a few like really close friends like Mm -hmm. the but only like two or three and i know what you're talking about like there is a loneliness that comes with seeking out that rat race that network ease that comes and that we're expected to really just be proficient in. and a lot of us come out really proficient in that network speak i i can make a network pop i can make networking events pop but when it comes to that like one-on-one listening reassuring timeless friendships yeah that's something that requires a lot more uh care and i think that in some ways like we become desensitized to that in a way due to (laughs) the way that we're i mean a lot of it is just the community you know everyone's impressive everyone is able to speak up their accomplishments everyone's able to piece together in a very uh empathetic and compassionate way i mean most of the time like you know we can't generalize good or bad about some certain people but for the most part when you're around so much, so many skilled people, there is like a sense of despair <laughs> that comes with being around such brilliant people. But it also inspires you whenever you're able to uh, rise above that despair. Oh, yeah. 
no, no. I've definitely come to the conclusion that these personal relationships are worth investing in. I agree. And that is by far the best thing that this place has to offer. Nice. And like true friendships and also being weird. I think that when you're around such an environment that's so formal and so prosperous that can allow you to fully experiment. I think there is a, a freedom that comes with that, but it's a freedom that, you know, comes at an expense of, can I really, you know, is this really how I should uh, meet this opportunity cost? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I do have a, a dinner with one of my best friends, my best friend at the college in like 30 minutes. So. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, but, that being said, uh, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, where can my listeners reach you if oh, they would like to reach you? Of course, of course. Uh, just shoot me an email. Um, thejorge.jc at gmail.com. Thejorge.jc at gmail.com. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much and stay tuned. This episode was recorded at Boston Free Radio at the Somerville Media Center at Union Square. If you'd like to hear the hip-hop music that we're playing on our program, tune in on Boston Free Radio, Saturdays from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. You can listen to the music live on Boston Free Radio. If you are unable to do so, don't fret. We have our Spotify playlist shown early on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash GSHamlin for your Guaucast needs. Come on in and check out our Patreon.